Terrence Williams, you're going to switch things up from a Lamborghini to an electric bike. I can't really think of two further polar opposites than a Lamborghini and a fucking electric bicycle. He may as well rolled up in one of them carts from back in the day, little red things with the yellow roofs. You got a Flintstone your ass around in them things. And yes, he comes off like he's a big fag. And real quick on the fag thing. So I got a couple emails about this over the past few months. When I say fag, I'm not referring to somebody's sexuality. Where I'm from, a fag is a retard. And a retard doesn't mean mentally retarded. It just means you're gay. And gay doesn't mean that you're gay. Well, sometimes it does when I talk about Jeff or Worm or somebody. But when I'm using it in general, I'm not referring to their sexuality. Fag, gay, retard equates to dork in my book. I'm not trying to harp on someone who's mentally handicapped, homosexual or whatever. I don't really give a shit what your preference is, sexually or what have you. I don't have a problem with it. And when I say somebody's a retard or acting fucking retarded, I'm not implying that they have Down syndrome, missing chromosomes or something, or that they're mentally challenged. Just simply another word for dork, so no offense. Welcome to The Flex. Now broadcasting from the Fantasy Sports Studios, here are your hosts of the flagship podcast, Chris Jakes and Jeff Kelly. Like Terrence Williams in a Lambo, your boy riding solo today. Welcome to the Flex Fantasy Football Podcast. Chris Jakes, no big worm, who's out sick today. No Jeff Kelly, who's still up in Detroit. So y'all got me. And when you ride with the champ, that's all you need. So with that said, we were going to have the recap show, recapping all the position ranks that we had over the last couple of weeks. Going to postpone that for now, so we can get a little back and forth going. Jeff Kelly returning soon. Prepping for the preseason top 200 release. Dynasty drafts are in full swing. We've got some Dynasty questions in the mailbag today. Please subscribe to the show. Leave us a review. And this is it. This is the last day to take a screenshot of your review and send it to theflex at fantasysportsstudios.com to be entered in the Flex Fantasy Football Quarterly Prize Pack. And one more time, this quarterly prize pack includes... The Flex Fantasy Football Fan Kit and a 2018 Ezekiel Elliott Dallas Cowboys home jersey. So we've extended it by one day. Send those reviews before June 7th at midnight to, again, the Flex at fantasysportsstudios.com. Send in your mailbag questions as well to that same email address. And I didn't want to leave y'all hanging this week because, woo, we got a lot of NFL news to hit on today. Got a lot going on. Let's get to it. NFL news. And we're starting things off here with a bit of sad news as we learned of the passing of legendary San Francisco 49ers wide receiver Dwight Clark, the recipient of what is known as the catch in the NFC Championship game against the Dallas Cowboys. Clark passed away after a long battle with ALS. Condolences go out to the family of Dwight Clark as well as all of 49ers nation. ALS is brutal. ALS is just a tragic disease to have to watch somebody go through. Man, that thing is rough. On a brighter note, this next story here has got me pretty damn happy. Dick of the Week. 
Old man dingo himself, Terrence Dickhead Williams, the biggest dick in the NFL, has got to be the dumbest son of a bitch the NFL has seen since former Panthers wideout Ray Carruth when he was out there hiding in trunk after he committed that heinous crime against his girlfriend, who I do believe was pregnant at the time. You can Google Ray Carruth if you want to go back and check that. It's like about 15, 17 years. That was a while ago. Well, they caught his dumb ass hiding out in a trunk. Williams, who was involved in a hit-and-run accident last week when he crashed a Lamborghini into a light pole and fled the scene only to return later riding an electric bicycle. Stupid bitch. Who the hell rides an electric bicycle? You're going to switch up from a Lamborghini. You're going to switch things up from a Lamborghini to an electric bike. I can't really think of two further polar opposites than a Lamborghini and a fucking electric bicycle. Life lessons. He may as well rolled up in one of them carts from back in the day, them little red things with the yellow roofs. You got a Flintstone your ass around in them things. To me, that's the equivalent of showing up to your crash Lambo with an electric bicycle. Anyways, Williams told police that Vikings wide receiver Kendall Wright was the one that wrecked the Lamborghini and also stated that Wright had called him. Now, this is where it gets funny. Terrence Williams told the police that Kendall Wright called him to let him know that the Lamborghini had been wrecked, which led Williams to ride his piece of shit electric bike to the scene of the accident. When cops asked Terrence Williams where his cell phone was, Williams, the dumbass that he is, stated, it's inside the wrecked Lamborghini. Fuck tard. Yes. So Williams was caught red-handed, not because of all the bricks he drops when balls come thrown his way. More drops than Betty White's asshole after a colonoscopy. But even his attorney came out and said, Kendall Wright had nothing to do with the accident. Wasn't even there. Kendall Wright wasn't even with Terrence Williams. Kendall Wright saw Terrence Williams for like five minutes at a club. Now there's speculation that the Cowboys may cut Williams due to the incident. And believe me, the Cowboys would not miss that dumpster fire wide receiver. Dumpster fire. Where Jerry Rice is the greatness, Terrence Williams is is the garbage. He's a garbage-ass wide receiver. Kick his ass to the curb. Dump his ass. I'm sure you guys have heard that from every girlfriend's parents. And like I always say about Terrence Williams, Duke cannot catch herpes in a whorehouse. And based on this current news story, I wouldn't be surprised if that came out next week. Terrence Williams finally catches ellipsis, dot, 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 herpes in a whorehouse. At least he caught something. Close optional. So after the whole news of Terrence Williams, Deion Sanders comes out and he says the Cowboys need to sign Des Bryant. He said, let bygones be bygones and just bring Des back. I'll tell you right now, I don't think Dallas brings him back. Jerry Jones and Steven Jones both kind of ego driven, man. They, they both kind of have the little ego going on. I don't think they're going to swallow their pride on this one and bring him back, even though they, the Cowboys desperately need wide receiver help. And Des Bryant can still play. He, still, he can still definitely play. There's no doubt in my mind Bryant can still play. He's not going to be electric. And as a matter of fact, I don't think he ever was an electric wide receiver. He's had some good seasons, but I never considered him to be a top five wide receiver in the league. As it stands right now, the Cowboys rookie wide receiver Michael Gallup, dude's got the inside track to become a starter because 
There's absolutely no one left on that damn depth chart. Alan Hearns and Cole Beasley and Michael Gallup should have no problem as the number three guy starting the outside opposite Alan Hearns. I'll tell you this right now. My Zeke pick finishing as RB1 for this upcoming season. And I've been saying, I think he's going to get a lot of passing targets in the Cowboys offense this year because of the lack of options at receiver. Now it's just looking that much better right now. And Rod Smith was another guy hit on. Another sleeper that I have going into training camps. And he's looking pretty damn good too, man. Because that dude can catch out of the backfield. And he could definitely line up in the slot. Kind of have like a Ty Montgomery role where he's projected to line up all over the field in Green Bay for this upcoming season. Other news, Carson Wentz cleared for 7-on-7 drills. I said from the get-go, Carson Wentz will be ready for week one. And it looks like he's on track to do so. And when we did the quarterback rankings, how why I had Carson Wentz so high is because I do believe he's going to play all 16 games and then some when they go to the playoffs. Carson Wentz, that dude is a competitor. He, he's unbelievable. That dude tore his ACL, stayed in the game, finished the drive with a touchdown pass. Dude's nasty. I love, love Carson Wentz. Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady show up for mandatory OTAs. And the funny thing to me is that Gronk wants a new deal, wants a new contract. Even though just over a month or two ago, he's talking about retirement. Don't think that's very good leverage for getting yourself a new contract when you're weighing your options about your NFL playing career. As far as Brady goes, there's still a lot of animosity, a lot of bitterness between the Patriots front office with Kraft, Belichick, and Brady, that whole triangle there. It's not going well. It feels to me like Kraft and Brady just teaming up on Bill Belichick. Even though all the turmoil is brewing over there in New England, I still think that the Patriots are still the team to beat in the AFC this year in 2018. Old guys. Going across the coast to California, the LA Chargers. Phillip Rivers isn't the only guy pulling for Antonio Gates to come out of retirement and rejoin the Chargers, but Chargers general manager Tom Telesco says Antonio Gates would be a natural fit for the team after the Hunter Henry torn ACL. And I'm going to say this right now. I think Antonio Gates does come back and play in 2018 for the Chargers. He didn't want to quit in the first place. They kind of forced his ass out of there. Now, the only reason why he may not come back is just for the fact that there's some bitterness, some bitter feelings right there. Because he wanted to come back right after the season was over, and the Chargers said, no thanks. But now the rules have reversed. So I think Gates returns because Phillip Rivers is getting older. The window for them to win now with Rivers at quarterback, it's small. And it's getting smaller by the minute. I think Gates is going to make a pretty decent chunk of change to come back for the Chargers in 2018. I could see one year between six to eight million for the season. And speaking of old men returning, now this shit gets crazy right here. Terrell Owens, T.O., wants to return to the NFL. He wants to play with the 49ers specifically. And dude has not played in eight seasons. 2010, T.O.'s last season in the league. I can't believe it's been that long, but yeah, wow. 2010 was his last year in the league. Now, it seems to me like every year, T.O. was rumored to be signing with the Patriots and other teams. Whenever a team loses a receiver, T.O.'s name just pops up there. Now, this dude is not young by any stretch of the imagination. He's 44 years old. He's always been a head case. But you know what else he's always been? A damn good football player, a true competitor, and a guy that I think would thrive in San Francisco with Jimmy G at quarterback. Owens isn't going to burn bridges if he returns to the league. That's not going to happen. He's not going to start any shit. He knows this is a one-and-done last chance for him to play in the league. And I don't think he gets a chance because of his age and because he's been away from the game for so long. 
But I also kind of thought the same thing with Marshawn Lynch when he came back last year for Oakland. I didn't think he was really going to end up playing. I really didn't think he was going to end up signing anywhere. But we saw the video of Terrell Owens. Dude definitely keeps in shape. That's never been an issue with him. Dude's always been an athletic freak. Dude works out harder than anyone. But like I said, the age and the time away from the game, I don't see Terrell Owens getting a deal. Although he would be the de facto number one in San Fran, in my opinion. I have two favorite Terrell Owens moments. One, seeing the toughness he displayed in the 2004 season, the 2005 Super Bowl, Patriots and Eagles, when Duke goes out there with a broken leg and still kicks some ass in the Super Bowl. The other one would have to be get your popcorn ready. That dude definitely does not lack confidence. That's for damn sure. History lesson. Moments in sports history. Here's a little piece of T.O. trivia for you. Did you know that T.O. beat the shit out of Hugh Douglas when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles? Beat his ass down in the Philly locker room in the 2004 season. He'll come to your house, take all your money, and then beat the shit out of you. Happened to me a couple of times. And for y'all that don't know, Hugh Douglas is a six foot two, 281-pound defensive end. How about a quick tidbit on Hugh Douglas? Did y'all know that in 2013, when Douglas was working for ESPN, he and Michael Smith were at a bar in Orlando, and he called Michael Smith an Uncle Tom and a house bleeper. And they didn't go over so well because ESPN fired his ass the very next day. I used to like Michael Smith back in the day, but that dude's one giant pussy, man. He is such a fag. Softer than Ashton Kutcher's pussy. And I can't say Hugh Douglas was wrong in those statements. Michael Smith. Faggot. Green Bay Packers linebacker Clay Matthews got rocked in the face in a charity softball game. And I'm pretty sure that dude's long flowing locks. That wasn't the first time dudes had balls to his face. Mm, trouser snake. Other news. Eli Manning for the Giants says he's enjoying throwing downfield. He's riding high on Pat Shermer's offense. Also, Will Hernandez, rookie offensive lineman, is making a name for himself in camp. According to Eli, dude is starting a lot of fights, and Eli loves it. And I got to say, if I were a Giants fan and I heard that one of my offensive linemen is making some noise, punking mofos out, that would make me happy in a pig and shit, man. I would love, I love having just that nastiness, that tenacity on either side of the line. Offensive line, defensive line, you got to have that. That's one of the intangibles. That's a must-have for any organization. So you got Will Hernandez, who's making some noise. You add in Nate Solder. Doesn't really have any of that tenacity, but nevertheless, still a decent left tackle. And then you draft Saquon Barkley. Like I've been saying, I really believe this is Eli's swan song year. He could definitely be this year's 2017 Alex Smith with all those weapons that he's got surrounding him right now. Love Eli for 2018. Great sleeper quarterback right there. Probably going to go undrafted in a lot of leagues unless the hype starts taking off on him in in the uh, coming months here. We'll see how that plays out. Indianapolis Colts news. Someone's going to give that man Eric Ebron a drug test because I'm pretty sure this dude's smoking crack after he comes out and says that he expects to play the Zach Ertz role in Frank Reich's offense in Indy. I'm going to tell you something about me that you might not know. I smoke rocks. Shaquem Griffin catches the ball better than Eric Ebron. If Eric Ebron thinks he's going to beat out Jack Doyle as the number one tight end for the Colts, he is dead wrong. Jack Doyle finished 2017 as the number seven tight end in fantasy. And that was with Jacoby Brissett. 
Now he's got his boy Andrew Luck back. Andrew Luck's the one that made Doyle relevant his first year in Indy. And Eric Ebron thinks he's going to come in there and just turn into Zach Ertz. Somebody's got to check this dude. Somebody's got to check this dude, man. Baltimore Ravens will forfeit their final two OTAs this week as a result of an undisclosed infraction. We don't know what the hell happened, but both owner Steve Bishotti and head coach John Harbaugh have been fined $100,000 and $50,000, respectively. President Trump rescinds the White House visit for the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. Don't really give two shits about that, whatever. People who care about shit like that have either too much time on their hands or just like to be involved in other people's shit. If you're offended, if you're a fan and you're pissed about Trump rescinding the Eagles White House visit, who gives a shit? You weren't going to the White House anyway. The hell do you care if a fucking team goes to the White House? Who gives a shit? There's bigger issues to worry about than who the fuck attends the damn White House. All right, last one here. Ryan Shazier, who last year suffered that devastating injury in a game against the Cincinnati Bengals, says it's his dream to come back and play in the NFL and for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And to be honest, I really hope he does. I mean, what happened to him, you know, it's tragic. I think he's a long way away. We saw him opening night of the NFL draft. And man, he looked limber. He looked real. It looked real hard for him to walk up to that podium. If he does come back, I would love to see it. I think it'd be a great story. The last time I recall a player in the NFL coming back to play after a devastating injury or health concern was Teddy Bruschi for the Patriots, who I think it was in 2005, suffered a stroke. People thought his career was coming to an end because of that stroke. Came back later on late in that season. Played okay. And then surprisingly finished out his career very strong. Went out on a high note. Love to see stories like that. Pulling for Ryan Shazier. I just think it'd be a great story to see him come back if he can. Cleveland Browns, Hugh Jackson, coming off a defeated season, 0-16, says the 2018 Cleveland Browns must earn their helmet stripes. Well, Jackson, I know you don't wear a helmet there, buddy. But Hugh... Dude, what the hell are you going to be earning? It ain't going to be a paycheck much longer unless you turn that shit around real quick. I'm sure that's where it came from. The GM probably went to him first and said, Hugh, buddy, you got to earn this paycheck. And he probably had a little ego thing. He's like, oh, you know what? All right, let me let me call my players. All right, guys, you got to earn your helmet stripes. And you know what players are saying? I don't give a fuck. All right? I get paid, son. Swinging dicks. I don't give a damn about no damn Cleveland stripes, brown stripes, whatever, helmet stripes. Staying with the Cleveland Browns just for a quick minute here. A lot of Browns talk today. Baker Mayfield says he has never seen anyone like Josh Gordon. And earlier in the week when we hit on our pre-preseason wide receiver rankings, I had Josh ranked fairly high for a guy who's only played in a handful of games in the past few seasons, even though I didn't feel comfortable drafting him before round five or six at the absolute earliest, preferably in round seven, even though he'll he'll never be there. But having said that, if Baker Mayfield beats out Tyrod, and it's no surprise to anyone who listens to the show regularly that I've been sucking Mayfield's dick (laughs) all offseason long, stating that he is my number one quarterback in this year's draft class. But if he beats out Tyrod Taylor for the starting quarterback job, I got to give Josh Gordon a big bump up. If Mayfield starts... 
Gordon, to me, that dude is going to move into the top 12 among wide receivers in the league for fantasy. Mayfield, whose dick is just Denton Steele type of hard right now after just one day of working with Josh Gordon, he's going to target the shit out of him. He absolutely is. It's going to be like like Deshaun Watson uh, looked for DeAndre Hopkins last season. Just Mayfield's going to go to Gordon, no doubt, probably 15 times a game. I would not surprise it. It would not surprise me. Mayfield's a gunslinger. He likes to go downfield. Gordon will be the benefactor of that. And there's a lot of fantasy implications pertaining to the Cleveland Browns quarterback situation. And who the hell would have guessed that after the 0-16 season the Browns had last year? If Mayfield does come in for Taylor or starts over Taylor, I think Landry's going to take a slight hit in the rankings. Now, HBO is featuring the Cleveland Browns or Hard Knocks this summer. And it's got, a, it's got me kind of intrigued right now. I thought the Browns were going to be a terrible team to watch on TV, not just on game days, but HBO or any days. But I got to say, I'm kind of intrigued. Speaking of intrigued, I'll run down some of these real quick. Just to recap some of the names that I wanted to touch on from the past couple of weeks doing the positional rankings for the pre preseason. Intrigued? Or who gives a shit? So, Will Fuller. I'm intrigued, but you know what? He's not going to be on my draft board because I think he's going to go. I think he's going to be overdrafted in drafts. He's not going to replicate what he was doing last year with Deshaun Watson, scoring like a touchdown a game. That's just not going to happen. It's not realistic for him. I think that's a huge reach. Martavis Bryant. Eh, who gives a shit about him? Dante Moncrief. Not intrigued. Who gives a shit? Geronimo Allison. Now, that's a guy... It's got my interest peaked a little bit. A little bit. I don't have any faith in Randall Cobb because I haven't seen it in years now. Allison looked good in his very limited opportunity with Aaron Rodgers last season. I kind of want to say the depth chart shakes out there because Geronimo Allison could be the guy that's third in targets behind Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham. That's a guy I want to watch. I want to see how that unfolds this preseason. Jordan Matthews, another guy that I'm kind of intrigued on. I'm not drafting Jordan Matthews because I think he's purely just insurance for Hogan or Edelman. I think Malcolm Mitchell is going to be ahead of him in the depth chart. And Mitchell's a guy I like a lot coming into 2018. But if Edelman were to go down and he takes a lot of hits, I think Matthews could step in right away and have significant fantasy value wide receiver three some weeks, wide receiver two production. Corey Coleman, another guy I'm a little bit intrigued on as well. If Baker Mayfield starts, as you can see, a lot of fantasy implications on this Cleveland Browns offense, I'm telling you. Mayfield will sling it. Corey Coleman, good outside wide receiver when he's healthy. Coleman's a guy to watch. Well, you know what? Baker Mayfield is the guy to watch. If he can beat out Tyrod Taylor, and I'm actually looking forward to hard knocks now because I want to see if that's really going to be a reality because if Tyrod Taylor wins the job, which he's currently listed as a starter right now, Jarvis Landry is going to be the main target in that Browns passing offense. But if it's Mayfield, it's going to be Gordon, and then it's going to be kind of a wash between Coleman and Jarvis Landry. Kevin White, another guy I'm kind of intrigued on as well. Kimmer Meredith, no longer there in Chicago. Kendall Wright gone as well. Yeah, they brought in a few names, but Kevin White was a high draft pick a few years ago. Hasn't been able to stay on the field. Has flashed some great talent at times when he was on the field. That's a guy I'm willing to take a chance on 
with one of my last picks in the draft. He is definitely lottery ticket worthy. He's got that lottery ticket status. Lottery ticket pick. Some real interesting news here that came out of Minnesota pertaining to the wide receiver's depth chart out there. And it's been kind of flying under the radar, but Laquan Treadwell, right now, he's the favorite to be the third receiver starting on the outside opposite Stephon Diggs. Thus, moving Adam Thielen into the slot, that's his moneymaker position right there. I think it's great for Treadwell if he does. First-round pick, wide receiver. I think he was 21st overall. Don't quote me on that. As I do with most things, I go off memory. And my memory's pretty damn good, especially when it comes to football, fantasy, and NFL. Even some college a little bit. But I have killed my fair share of brain cells throughout my 20s. So I could be a little fuzzy here and there in some spots. But I'm pretty sure he was round one, pick 21. Anyways, a couple of quarterbacks I'm intrigued. Want to see how they perform in the preseason. Derek Carr for the Raiders. I want to see how Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator there, and John Gruden, the quarterback whisperer, allegedly. It's been a long time, but allegedly. I want to see how they can turn around what was a dismal Raiders offense last season. Kind of see how it's going to play out there. Ryan Tannehill, another guy. I want to see how things are going to break down for him in Miami. He, Ryan Tannehill in the news saying that it was a learning experience for him last year to sit on the bench with that injury and just take everything in from Adam Gase. I don't know who the hell Tannehill's going to throw to. Devontae Parker, a bit overrated. Can't really stay healthy. Kenny Stills, he's very good some weeks, but disappears in others. You got Mike Kosicki, who I like a lot. My favorite tight end coming into the 2018 season among rookies. But you don't have much else, which makes me think that Kenny and Drake is going to be a little bit more valuable than people are thinking right now. A couple of guys that I don't give a shit about, and that's going to be Torrey Smith of the Panthers. Give him the axe right now. If he's on your fantasy team for you dynasty guys, for you keeper guys, cut his ass. Kick his ass to the curb. Tariq Cohen, I think, is a guy that has got a lot of, lot of talent. Call me crazy, but I think he's right there with Tyreek Hill as far as his athletic ability. Both undersized guys, both shifty as hell. Can juke the cleats off of defenders, man. But Tariq Cohen, I don't see a whole lot of opportunity there. Matt Nagy, like Andy Reid, who comes from that tree, likes to roll with one running back. And that's why I love Jordan Howard so much for 2018. That's why he's top four, top five running back for me this year in PPR and Sander. I think Jordan Howard is going to turn some heads. Tariq Cohen, he'll be valuable some weeks, but it's going to be he's going to be much more valuable for daily plays. Season long, you're never going to know when to start this guy. It's boom or bust with him. So for that reason, I'm out on Tariq Cohen. being way overdrafted. Another guy I don't give a shit about here is Jamal Williams for the Packers. Like I was saying all season, this past season, and last offseason, and like I always say, let's just say that, like I always say, you don't need all these stats or metrics. You don't need all these analytics, all these analytical stats. What you need is the eye test. What do you see when you see them do it? How do they perform when the lights are bright? when the pressure's on, or in tough situations. That's how you learn a lot about NFL players and fantasy players, for that matter, as well. And if you want some examples why analytics is BS, let's look at Russell Wilson. Undersized. Can't do it. Can't, doesn't have the arm strength. How about Drew Brees? Undersized. Too small. How about Tom fucking Brady? Too slow. And yes, he looks like 
a neighbor from the show Leave It to Beaver. And yes, he comes off like he's a big fag. And real quick on the fag thing, because I got a couple emails about this over the past few months. When I say fag, I'm not, refer- I'm not referring to somebody's sexuality. Where I'm from, a fag is a retard. And a retard doesn't mean mentally retarded. It just means you're gay. And gay doesn't mean that you're gay as far as your sexuality. It just means you're a dork. How about that? Fag, gay, retard equates to dork in my book. I'm not trying to harp on someone who's mentally handicapped or homosexual or whatever. I don't really give a shit what your preference is sexually or what have you. I don't have a problem with it. I just need to clear the air because I've been getting some emails lately. So just to recap that real quick. Fag does not mean your sexuality. Gay does not mean your sexuality. Well, sometimes it does when I talk about Jeff or Worm or somebody. But when I'm using it in general and not directly at one of my co-hosts here, I'm not referring to their sexuality. And when I say somebody's a retard or acting fucking retarded, I'm not implying that they have Down syndrome, missing chromosomes or something, or that they're mentally challenged. Just simply another word for dork, no matter what kind of vernacular I may use, it's just another word for dork. That goes for a lot of these little things I throw out there. So no offense. Anyways, back to the eye test. Jamal Williams, he did okay. But you know who, hell, who looked a hell of a lot better? Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is the man in that backfield in the green, but that is his backfield. And Joe Philbin, who returns this season as the Packers offensive coordinator once again, he likes to roll out one back. And guess what? That back is Aaron Jones. Jamal Williams, he's the backup. He'll probably get a handful of carries a game. But that's Aaron Jones backfield. Tom Montgomery, you're going back to wideout, buddy. And you know what? You're going to be better for it. Let's take a brief moment to pause for all the cool shit that's coming out via the Flex Fantasy Football Podcast on behalf of Fantasy Sports Studios. Take a listen. Listen up. Pre-register now for the Fantasy 101, a three-week live seminar with Chris Jakes. You're not going to want to miss this. For additional information and to register, visit FantasySportsStudios.com. The Flex Max Draft Pack includes individual player rankings from all Fantasy Sports Studios analysts, preseason and in-season strategies, sleepers and bust for 2018. For additional information and to register, visit fantasysportstudios.com. All right, let's get to the mailbag for the week. Mailbag. Can we talk about the mail, please? I'm dying to talk about the mail all day. They've been asking for their mail on a daily basis. Barney, give this guy a cigarette. He's freaking out. Who? Barney. Who the hell is Barney? You don't see Barney. Oh, shit. What the hell are you? You've lost your damn mind. Number one. Is it better to use a salary cap when starting a dynasty league? Ken in Norwich, Connecticut. Yes, Ken, it is. It is so much better using a salary cap because it makes your league more competitive. You don't have any dominant teams that are just going to stay like that forever. 
salary cap balances things out. It creates tough decisions, and it's just a more fun game. It is a better game when you use a salary cap. Next one. Keeper League, keep two. Jay Ajayi, Devontae Freeman, Russell Wilson, Amari Cooper, Carl in West Palm Beach, Florida. Local guy. First things first, Carl. Russell Wilson, you never keep a quarterback, ever. I don't care if you get Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I do not care because no quarterback is worth keeping unless you were somehow penalized by a round and you took Carson Wentz last year in like round 13 or something or picked him up off the free agent heap and you're only docked a 15th round pick for it. Then in that case, yes, you would keep the quarterback. But in cases like Russell Wilson, who I know was drafted in the top half of the draft, I do not keep a quarterback when you can get similar value later in the drafts. So I'm going to go with this one. I'm assuming JHI was a late round first or an early second. And it doesn't specify here if you're going to be penalized around or not. So for the sake of the argument, I'm going to say that you probably are not going to be penalized around because you have Russell Wilson in there. And I'm sure that Russell Wilson would not even be part of this question. So I'm going to go with this. Give me Jay Ajayi. I'm going to keep him because if you look at the running backs they had there in Philly right now, Corey Clement is the one that a lot of people are high on right now, especially in PPR formats. And I'll tell you this right now. I am not high on Corey Clement. I've been saying that. That's going to be a Jay Ajayi's backfield. Clement's going to get some play. I don't think Clement's very good. I think he's definitely overrated. Corey Clement is not a running back I want on my fantasy team for 2018. Give me Jay Ajayi there. And for the other one, go ahead and give me Give me Amari Cooper. Devontae Freeman had a down year last year, also suffered some injuries. Give me Amari Cooper coming off a down season. He's got a new offense going on there in Oakland. He's got the talent. He's got the ability. He doesn't have Michael Crabtree to steal that many targets away from him anymore. I don't think Jordan Nelson is going to steal many. And Martavis Bryant doesn't get targeted more than six, seven times a game. Give me Amari Cooper. He's got some upside there. Next one. A dynasty League question here. I have Jimmy Garoppolo, Carson Wentz, and Alex Smith. I want to keep Wentz and trade Jimmy. What value do you think I should go after in a trade? Ashley in Riverside, California. If you can find a team in your league that's quarterback needy, I would try to get two, two second-round picks. A second-round pick this year and next year. Or if you already had your draft for this year, then next year and the year after. You could try to ask for a one. Those number one picks in fantasy are pretty valuable. And assuming if it's a quarterback needed team you're trying to make it with, that guy's probably going to be picking towards the top of the draft. So a first-round pick may not fly. But if you can grab two twos for him, that'd be a hell of a trade, I think, with Jimmy G. You're not going to play him with a Carson Wentz. And Alex Smith can be your bi-week fill-in. If you're looking for some player names, I think you can get an RB2 for Jimmy Garoppolo for a quarterback needed team, wide receiver two. Some names, I think you can get Devontae Freeman for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think you can get Jay Ajayi. I think you could probably get Kenyon Drake. And like I said, this is all contingent on a quarterback needy team. If you don't have a quarterback needy team, you have to lower your expectations. Maybe settle for uh, just one second round pick, maybe even a third round pick. Maybe an RB3, wide receiver three. For me personally, unless I can get a guy with huge upside, I'd rather have draft picks than wide receiver threes or RB3s. That's just me. Next one, another dynasty league question here. I have the 101 in the rookie draft. I'm getting offers on the hour each day. Our draft is June 17th. Should I listen to offers or should I just go ahead and draft Saquon Barkley? The best offer I've received is Melvin Gordon 
the 207 and the 2019 first round pick. Is it worth it? Tony in Queens, New York. Ooh, ooh, ooh. The trade itself is great value. That's great value. That's unbelievable value. Melvin Gordon, a second round pick and a 2019 first round pick. That is as good as you're going to get for the number one pick in the rookie draft. Now, having said that, I personally would rather take a young Saquon Barkley who's got immense upside and a pretty damn good offense than Melvin Gordon, who is a good running back, PPR and standard, but a guy who has had some nagging injuries, sometimes disappears in games, but nevertheless, a guy that can help you win. Just to answer your question real quickly here, when you ask, is it worth it? It is definitely worth it, my friends. Definitely a good trade. But for me, I am so high on Saquon Barkley that if I can pair him up with another top-tier running back, I'm doing it. Because those two guys alone can carry me through bad weeks. They can cover a lot of mistakes having two elite guys like that. So it kind of depends on your roster construction. If you want to send me a follow-up, man, you go ahead and send me what the rest of your team looks like. And I will hit on this further. It's great trade value. It really comes down to where you want to trust Saquon or where you want to have Gordon and some future collateral, draft collateral. Send me the rest of your team, Tony, and I will email you personally what I think, and then we'll discuss it on next week's show. We'll revisit this next week. All right, last one. Favorite summertime memory, Morgan in Chesapeake, Virginia. Favorite summertime memory. Hmm. I got to say the summer of 2003 was probably my favorite summer. I don't really have a specific memory, kind of all blurred together that, that particular year. But man, that was probably the most fun I've ever had in my life. The summer of 2003 and the summer of 2005, the two most memorable summers in my lifetime. In 2003, summer home from college, me and a friend of mine rented a condo on the beach for the summer. Hell of a lot of parties, man. Just overall great time, great experience. And the summer of 05, Kind of much of the same, really. Kind of the same type of deal. Oh man, but good times though. Just reminiscing. Maybe we'll revisit this one when we get the guys in town. All right, that's it for today's show, guys. Just a quick one. Had a lot of NFL news to get to. I spoke to our boy Jeff this morning. Today is his last day up in Michigan, so we're hoping to have him back for next week. And when he does, we will compile the top 200, break everything down. We'll do a consensus top 200. And don't forget to join the Fantasy Sports Studios premium membership through the Patreon page. And you can find a ton of bonus content when you sign up. Monthly plans start as low as just five bucks a month. That's it guys, just $5 a month. And you'll have access to our own individual rankings, additional podcasts, stuff that's going on in our personal lives we'll be posting on that thing often we will constantly be adding new content to the premium membership page through patreon also next month in july look out for the flex max draft pack the best fantasy football season pass you will ever find it includes the 2018 fantasy football draft kit as well as constant in-season updates this Flex Max Draft Pack is not just for draft day, but it extends all season long. Constant updates all season long, straight to your inbox, 
pre-registration for the 2018 Flex Max Draft Pack for the upcoming 2018 football season kicks off today. Rise above the fantasy football competition in your league and start kicking some ass week to week. Visit fantasysportsstudios.com for more information on the 2018 Flex Max Draft Pack. Also next month, we'll be releasing the Fantasy 101 Seminar, which will include a live Q&A with myself and Jeff Kelly. And you'll get a chance to discuss with us all of these strategies we have assembled together for the upcoming 2018 season. Not going to miss this, guys. Also, registration for the Fantasy 101 Seminar, hosted by me and Jeff Kelly, be a live video Q&A as we answer all of your fantasy football questions for the upcoming 2018 season. We discuss with you guys our strategies, draft and otherwise, for the upcoming 2018 fantasy football season, as well as some cool tips and tricks along the way. Till next week, have a great week. Talk to you soon. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Flex. Subscribe on iTunes and Google Play Music. Visit FantasySportsStudios.com to get your fantasy sports fix and interact with the show. Email the show at TheFlex at FantasySportsStudios.com.